Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. And today my guest is a good friend and returning guest, Avery Summers. Because most of us do our best to save each other while wearing a mask and keeping socially distant, probably most of us would agree the last thing our family, friends, professions, and income need is for governors to be ignoring CDC recommendations just as the number of vaccines are on the rise and the number of cases and deaths were at least leveling off, if not declining. As many of you know, my very dear Broadway film and television friend Avery Summers joins us with updates and opinions once a month. One of my new staff members asked me recently, how will Avery and I find new things to talk about every month? And I just laughed. <laughs> I just laughed, really. Just as Avery and I were laughing before we came on the show today. But not only because new things are happening in Avery's and my professional lives all the time, but because Avery and I never have difficulty expressing our views on what's going on in the world, in our country, and in our lives. So... Welcome back, Avery Summers, to our monthly conversation of professional updates and personal opinions. How are you today? <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me back, as always, Martello. I'm wonderful. Wonderful. Glad to be here. I know you're wonderful, and I'm glad you're here, too. I also, in case there are new listeners out there, we should remind people, Avery's credits, by the way, include, but are not limited to, the best little whorehouse in Texas, Matron Mama Morton in Chicago, Platinum, the original Broadway production, 1978, and Ain't Miss and of course, working on television with the late Burt Reynolds. If you are a regular listener, you probably won't be surprised that even during a global pandemic, Avery Summers is still very much in demand, especially in two of our favorite places to work, New York City and South Florida. So, as I said, welcome back, Avery, to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. I know you are wonderful, and I know you're up for this, but I want to start out with a bit of politics before we jump into showbiz. How's that? You up for that? I'm up for that, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Well, as I mentioned, and we know, you know, from the news, suddenly, uh, in my personal opinion, Governor Abbott of Texas has come out to try and cover up the a lack of judgment in, in recent Texas difficulties with their grid. And, of course, that didn't just happen under his administration. The, the grid and infrastructure all over the country is in trouble, and everyone seems to be thinking we can just keep putting it off. But trying to shift the focus, it, it's upsetting to me that Americans are noted for their short attention span, but don't let politicians take advantage of that. So all that to say... With governors uh, making these kinds of moves, even, by the way, a Democratic governor of Connecticut, thank you. Mm -hmm. What Are you seeing any changes in Florida? I, I know you know governor, your governor, <laughs> uh, DeSantis, <laughs> is, is not one of my favorite people. But anything happening there that we haven't heard about? Are you seeing any 
any changes, for instance, isn't there a store, is it, is it a Publix in Florida? I saw on the news a couple of weeks ago, there's a manager who refuses to allow his staff to wear masks. And I, I don't know if that was South Florida or not, or if you've heard of it, but just tell us your observations. Any, any, what's going on with Florida in your area and, and obeying the CDC? Well, in South Florida, in the area that I am in, especially in the big public markets, uh, it's, a, it's a huge chain here. Yes. The ones that I frequent are not having any issues with employees wearing masks. They always wear them. They're very kind. They are still washing down the baskets that you take into the store. They don't want you to touch the baskets that have been taken out of the store for you to unload your grocery into your car or whatever. So they're very particular and, and really making a big deal out of it. Now, that's the three or four stores in the surrounding area that I frequent. Okay. I cannot say much about what happens south of me, which is Miami. That's another whole um, another world. community of people, another world, as you know. And uh, things are very different from Miami to Fort Lauderdale, Boca, and up here to West Palm Beach. But I have not seen very much change in the way people are addressing the, the mandates about wearing masks. As a matter of fact, here... In Century Village, which is where I live, which is also quite a uh, several chains uh, of, of uh, these particular places, everybody is open to getting the injections here in Century Village. Mm. They don't make any requirements other than that you are a person who lives here. So they have the big studio, they have the big theater, and you can go and register for whichever one they've got, Moderna or any of the others. I think Johnson & Johnson's coming out soon. I don't know their policies on that. But I've not seen very many changes as far as the mask mandates. Now, there are a little, a few places who are, that are small that require that you wear a mask to go in, mm -hmm. but you don't have to keep it on. That's, that's a, a personal, you know, sort of feel, if you will, for each place that you go into. Do you want to wear a mask? No, you can take it off if you're eating. Put it on if you're moving around the room to go, say, to the ladies' room or men's room or whatever. But mm -hmm. uh, overall, I don't see very much happening here in the, in the South Florida area. Well, that's good because he has been, your, the governor, uh, a little yeah. outspoken and, in, in, again, in my opinion, a little negative mm -hmm. on the subject in the past, but I hadn't heard much from him. But certainly uh, Georgia and Alabama and uh, Mississippi and, and of course, Texas. Then when Connecticut governor came out and said something, I just, I mean, I don't know. It's difficult to, to watch what Dr. Fauci and others in the CDC, the new director actually is doing something of the CDC, were getting information finally that is mm -hmm. is is it seems to me factual and logical and rational and yet there, that any governors anywhere would be saying well we're going to stop doing this is i won't go as far as the president I, he may yet regret saying those two words <laughs> uh yeah. you know but but i just don't know what people are thinking what, what, what i are don't you, either do you, okay i don't either and let me just add that i think that it's an unfortunate set of circumstances right now we do truly know that the masks have certainly helped the situation quite a bit yes. and i don't understand the need to make it uh, a, a global or a, a statewide uh, mandate to take masks away i think that if we just keep going on the on the on the the route that we're going on right now for another few months, even into next into the fall coming up, mm -hmm. if we keep this up, we can do so much better. I believe everybody's jumping the gun, and this is just personal opinion, mm. jumping the gun, thinking that these injections are going to be a foolproof way to get back out into the workforce and to having a great time out and everything. And although I work in the public quite a bit, I, I still would prefer to have people with masks on and, and, you know, maybe eating. We've already figured that out. Eat and then, you know, reapply your mask or whatever. 
But I just think that each state needs there needs to be something that is is a a full mandate from every state that they must do certain things. And I know I'm going to get shot in the foot about that, but that's my opinion. I really think that we need to be still very, very careful. And I wonder, too, I mean, I know it's a free country and we try very much and should to not impose government's will, a federal level or otherwise, on the people. But the government is there, it's supposed to be there, to take care of the people. So Mm -hmm. I don't... I hate to always jump on it's political, but it's certainly, in my again, in my opinion, as far as Texas is concerned, it is political. I like to think people are coming from some factual, sincere place, even though sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to... I guess that's enough of that. I want everyone to know that show business people are people too and, and very patriotic and sensitive to... The, the same things anyone else are, you know, our economies have been affected for sure. Anybody in anyone in any area of show business and certainly uh, our families and uh, and how we can go about. I mean, I know you've made adjustments uh, at the Kravis Center the last time you were on. You talked about how they had to reset up everything and, and indeed limit how many people you could bring with your group to perform. So, I mean, there, mm-hmm. there are there are reasons to do this and we're beginning to see the benefits and I, I hate to think of the general public but, but, but just as much if not more the, the health professionals and what they have to go through every time somebody decides to make a situation that starts it all over again. Anyway, last month I think we were talking about the final rehearsals of Lincoln and Parks written and produced by Donna Carbone and directed and narrated by you. So let's um, let's jump into that. And what are the updates? What's happening? You're open now, yes? Yes, uh, we opened last weekend. And uh, as we opened, we had uh, someone in our audience who is a writer, and she just gave a glowing review to wow. the show, a glowing review. I mean, she had... Uh, everyone thinking about coming to see Lincoln and Parks. And so as a result, we grew in numbers, uh, and we can only do 30 people in this small space. It can hold 40, but we leveled it down to 30 people so that people could feel comfortable if they wish to have a space or two between them and whomever, or if they came in a group as my family did last weekend, mm-hmm. 15 of my family members came, oh, wow. and it was just a joy. They were all there to support me as they always do, and it was it was incredible, the kind of responses that we got. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's this coming weekend, we sold out after uh, this past Sunday. We had show Friday, Saturday, and Sunday matinee at 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. The evening shows are at 7. And I tell you, by Sunday evening, we were already almost sold out for this weekend, and now we are sold out for this weekend. So wow. there are a lot of people who want to come, and if they do, and we have at least 15 people in our audience, then we will do a third weekend show, or at least a third Friday night or Saturday night. So that's where we are with that. I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled. And, you know, just so we can maybe spur even another weekend out of it, a full weekend, tell us, I know we've talked about it before, but we may have some new listeners. Give us something of the plot. Tease us a little bit. What is uh, Lincoln and Parks all about? Lincoln and Parks is about Rosa Parks, who refused to give up her seat on the bus, but that's just the, the small tip of the iceberg. What this is is a, an imagining of our Todd Lincoln Beckwith, who we know for a fact was the great-grandson of President Lincoln. And so we imagine if he had been on the bus with Rosa Parks, what their conversation would have been about. Mm. And it's, it's fascinating and well-written by Donna. And I must say that uh, the young lady whose name is Audrina Gurry, and she listened as I talked her through what I thought were the finer points about Rosa Parks and how to approach that role. And she is just knocking it out of the park Wonderful. every time. And I'm just thrilled about it. So it's, it's about, it's, it's kind of, 
kind of a a, a little bit of imagine what if yes. has happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. Since you mentioned the young lady playing the role, we're used to seeing photographs of Rosa Parks as an older woman. Do you? Yes. What? How old was she when she was on the bus thereabouts, approximately? When when the you know, event that's, happens. That, that's a good question. I am not sure how old Rosa was. We do have a lot of photos of her. I think that she may have been, oh, probably uh, 40 years old. When she stopped working for John Conyers, she was 75. I think it's great. It's a great premise in any case. And you, you're hoping maybe for a third weekend? And, and, you know, we should actually use some dates because this will air on Monday the 8th. So the dates that following Monday the 8th that we'll be performing are? It would be March 12, 13, and 14. There you go. Excellent. All right. Mm-hmm. We're talking to my good friend, Broadway TV, film. We'll be right back with Avery Summers. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, Broadway's Avery Summers. everyone back to segment two of my conversation with my good film, television, and Broadway star friend, Avery Summers. We have been having a terrific conversation about, well, a little about politics, but mostly about what is going on in Avery's professional showbiz life. It seems to never stop, and we don't want it ever to. But I'd like to go back just a moment, if we could, Avery, and and make certain we put a good exclamation point on the sold-out houses for Lincoln and Parks and what that might be if people pick up the phone. Maybe we've got a phone number they can call uh, handy and we can give them that or the name of the theater where they can uh, find the telephone number for themselves because if you call to see this show that everyone's clamoring uh, about, uh, great reviews and and sold-out houses, you could still possibly be the, the voice that creates another weekend of this show. Avery, tell us what you can about that, how they can reach out. Absolutely. It would be really wonderful if we were able to do a third weekend uh, of shows. People have called, and we've had to, unfortunately, turn them away because we are dealing with the CDC guidelines, which means we can only have 30 people in the theater. We think 40, 45 sometimes if we can squeeze them in, but not now. We can't do that. So 
has limited us in the ability to have many people there. So if people want to come, they can call the Palm Beach Institute for Entertainment Arts. Palm Beach Institute for the Entertainment Arts and look that up and get the number and speak directly to Donna Carbone. She's the person who will deal with your tickets and your need to come see the show. And if that's possible, to have at least 15 to 20 more people who want to see the show for the next weekend, then uh, we will create a show for that need. And I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Now, we've gotten people who have called and they want us to bring the show to their area, say further north in Florida, up to Stewart and Vero Beach, which is about an hour and a half north of where we are, Mm -hmm. uh, as far as South Carolina, people want us to come there. Well, Donna's husband created an amazing, amazing bus as a character for this play, and it's as heavy as a real bus. (laughs) So it's incredible, absolutely incredible. And he created this bus. And the original scene was a 10-minute scene in a class with Mr. Reynolds over two years ago. Oh, yeah. And when Donna and I spoke about it last year, uh, we decided that we wanted to do it, and I asked her to write a prologue and an epilogue to the 10-minute piece, and then it sort of fleshed itself out to an hour, and that's where we are with it now. And the, the majority of the scene then took place on the bus. Fantastic. Wow. Excellent. Right. All right. I, I may have to drive down there. <laughs> I, I wish you could see this. I really do, Marcello. You would love it. You would really love it. Well, I know you're trying to make a video that's not for the public, but maybe I'll get a peek at some point. How's that? Well, we'll certainly see what we can do about that. That okay. may not be a bad idea, but boy, I tell you... Um, the videographer came in last week and he just loved it. He took things with his big camera and then he went around and took a lot of shots with his phone camera mm-hmm. and uh, he just he had a wonderful time. So I'm thrilled uh, that it uh, it worked out that he was able to get some shots of it and hopefully we can put it out. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. All right, there's more. <laughs> as exciting <laughs> as Lincoln and Parks is. But there's more. How did your uh, show at the Ann Norton Sculptured Gardens fare for the gardens, for you, for the audiences? How did that go? It went very well. Here again, it was, now this was outdoors. Yes. Uh, in a gorgeous setting overlooking the Intracoastal in uh, West Palm Beach in Florida. Yes. And oh my gosh, what a beautiful day. It was like now today here in South Florida. It's just very pretty. I don't mean to brag, uh, but it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere between 75 and 83. <laughs> and it was, it, it was sold out. People sat on uh, their blankets and they brought their own lunches and they sold lunch and they sold water and they... And people just had an amazing time. I've been asked back already for next season when they do uh, jazz and gospel in the gardens. That's what it's called. So I'm thrilled to have a return engagement at some point next season. And it was so great to see the sunshine, to see the people's faces, to smell the fresh air, and get outside and perform with my, I call them my musical posse. So (laughs) it it was fabulous. And that show sold out too, yes? That's what led yes. to four other shows? That's correct, yes. Absolutely, it sold out. And at the end of uh, of that afternoon, because it was also a very early afternoon show from one to three, we were asked if we were available to, to do three other shows. So I have an Easter concert, an Easter brunch, with my full concert of For Sentimental Reasons, and that's going to be uh, April 4th. Uh-huh. with the full band and everything. And then I'm the special guest of a very dear friend of mine. His name is Anthony Nunziata. He uh-huh. has a show that last year in March we were asked to do, and I was going to be his guest, but of course COVID, you know, yes. sort of intercepted that and, and created problems for everyone in this business all over the world. Yes, But he asked me to be his special guest again this year, and so that's going to be on the 11th of April in the Kravitz Center here, which is our big concert hall. Yes, yes. And I'm very excited about that. And then uh, one of the women 
who is a socialite, a very well-known socialite in our area and a patron of the arts, has invited us to be a part of her concert season. She puts these sort of things together because she loves Broadway and Broadway songs, and she likes my interpretation of so many songs, and so she's asked me to do the full concert of For Sentimental Reasons once again. I sound a bit glib, but it's just so joyous to be able to sing and to do the things that you and I both know that we absolutely love and yes. and would give our right arm to do in this business at any time, but certainly now, yes. uh, to be able to come out again and work. So it's, it's really wonderful. Absolutely. I mean, it's been marvelous to to be forced to learn how to rehearse actors and singers on Zoom. But, you know, Zoom has its limitations and just being able to get out there in front of the public. But at least we, you and I, when we do this, we are still being socially distant or out in the gardens Mm -hmm. or wearing a mask. I mean, you know, we take all these uh, precautions as you do when you teach. Your studio is big enough to have everyone socially distant. I mean... You, you can do both if you are sensible, you know, and and right. and being safe, and and you do that. I wonder. I want to, um, uh, since you blew right through three of my next questions, <laughs> <laughs> but there are a couple of things I want to make certain, not, not only that I get, but that everyone uh, gets this. You. Um, the Kravis Center, of course, I know your definite favorite there, and your returning engagement there is. Uh, what date is that? The um, well, let me back up a little bit because uh, because you really did mm-hmm. go right through. I know you you're up to so much, and that's why I wanted you on the show so everyone could hear about it. But I want to make certain I have it because I, I I always get questions about you know holidays, and you and I have great feelings one way or the other about holidays. But yeah. uh, but yeah. it's one of the things that make me smile when people say, "What are you doing for the holidays?" Not realizing. That until COVID, at least, the holidays are when performers work the most. I mean, we're, we're always involved. Uh, even back in my Peabody days and Baltimore years, and I chose to get a job at a different faith, that is, a different church of a different faith, so I could learn the services. But in any case, Christmas mm-hmm. and Easter were big spiritual, religious events, obviously, but they were also major performing events. So all that to say, what are you doing Easter Sunday 2021? (laughs) (laughs) Easter Sunday is uh, when I'm doing the uh, concert at a place called Table 26, and it's the Sunday brunch Uh that I will be doing, and that's, as I like to call it, my full concert of For Sentimental Reasons with my with my musical posse. Yes. So that's going to be, yeah, from 11 to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All right. And tell us where again, and then tell us more about Sentimental Reasons. Well, it's a place called Table 26. It's a wonderful little bistro in South Florida, and they've been in business for about nine years. It's Eddie and Asi, who are partners in this particular venture, they hung out all of last year when things started going down and closing. They chose, of course, to do a lot of delivery, home delivery in mm-hmm. the area and a pickup service for food. Great, great food. Amazing food. I've had the opportunity to be a guest in the audience several times there and the food is, is amazing and they always have full performers. So mm-hmm. they they reached out to me. They had a friend of mine do Valentine's Day, and then when I got a call from Eddie, he said, Avery, we want your voice and mm. your show mm. for Easter. Wonderful. So Easter Sunday brunch, April 4th. I love it. That is terrific. Yes. And remind us sentimental reasons and why the title and some of the songs you'll be singing. Well, for sentimental reasons, is a show that I created several seasons ago, and uh, with Phil Hinton, my musical director here in South Florida. For sentimental reasons, is a song that my mom and dad loved to, to dance to. They met uh, in college. My father was a senior, my mother was a freshman, and that was their favorite song to dance to. They were just a gorgeous couple. And for children later, I'm the last of the four. Mm. They are long gone now. You know, they, they've been gone from my life for quite a while. And 
my sisters are, Betty, that you know, and my older sister who passed away in 2019, and now me, even my brother is no longer with us, and I say even because I don't see him often, but I know he's not on the planet anymore, so I'm the last of the lot of us, and I chose to to do for sentimental reasons because I love pretty songs and I love pretty lyrics and and that one came to mind and I wanted to be sure to pay a tribute to my mom and dad and Mm. uh, my brothers and sisters. Of course I knew about your sisters I didn't know your brother had passed but uh, you um, I mean just good for you 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 just keep on going and you stay with us okay? Mm -hmm. Yes Yes, I will. So, Amore, I love it. The greatest love songs. What What are you going to be singing there? Well, I'm the guest of Anthony Nunziata. Uh, Anthony and I met, I'll bet, about 10 years ago when he and his brother, Will, came to the colony. Mm. And I just took to them and they took to me. So Anthony invited me in 2020 to be his guest at the Kravis and Person Hall, mm-hmm. which was a smaller version, and I think it holds about 190 feet. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that was that, that was canceled. And so he called this year and he said, hey, we're going back into the Kravis. Would you be my special guest? Yeah. So I'm thrilled about that. That's going to be April 11th, and it's an evening show at 7 o'clock in the evening, and I'm actually thinking about which songs I will do for that, but one of them is uh, a song called When You Tell Me That You Love Me, mm. and it, it's a gorgeous song that Diana Ross introduced in the UK several years ago, and I had never heard it, and uh, when I was thinking about doing For Sentimental Reasons, Bill introduced me to that song, and so uh. I think of it as one of the great Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure you were alluding to Lois Pope earlier when you spoke of uh, patron of the arts. I know her her primary love is Broadway, but I think I met her when I directed, this is years ago now, when I directed a an award ceremony for the Palm Beach mm-hmm. County Film and Television Commission. And there were mm-hmm. a number of... Uh, celebrities there whose whose film work was featured but i i remember the film commissioner introducing me to her and that was a privilege i know she loves your work you're going to be a special guest at her home in a performance well actually yes she has a foundation that she certainly keeps going every year she's got several projects and i think that uh, when she saw us at the norton Sculpture Garden, she thought that um, my band and I would be a great addition to her foundation, so we're going to be doing a show for her May 15th in her home, and I'm really thrilled about that because she has a gorgeous home. I've been there once to perform, and this must be, I'll bet, about four or five years ago, so Mm. she is a definite patron of the arts. She's a wealthy socialite in this area, and by the way, you may have known about the Lois Pope Theater. I'll bet you oh, know yes. about that, right? Oh, yes, of course. I hadn't even yes. thought about so that. That was her theater. Uh, yeah, of That's course. That's right, in Manalapath. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was around for quite a while. It's been several incarnations of things now, but it was around. Uh, Lois Pope Theater was around for a for very long, long time. Long time. Mm-hmm. Long time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. That's interesting. I had, you know, I wasn't thinking about the theater, but I, yes, I know about that because my my personal connection with her was only the uh, meeting her that one time at the film award ceremony. But I do remember her being very kind and, and with what she had seen and meeting the people and very supportive of everyone, and, and including me. She was she's quite something. I'm glad to yes. hear about that. So what's with Mother's Day? May 9th, you're hitting every other holiday. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. Well, May 9th, I will actually do my full concert for sentimental reasons. We're going to change out a few songs to do that show for Mother's Day, and that's going to be in an evening performance. So I'm not really sure yet what songs will be changed out from for sentimental reasons, but we will look at probably a few more love songs and things that that I, we do get a lot of couples mm-hmm. uh, for the Arts Garage. They love that particular place because you can bring your own food and and it's sort of a very European feel that mm. you can 
you know, it's not outdoors, but you, you can certainly bring your own food. And before COVID, as so many things now are, you were able to bring your own drinks and things like that. But they, they cut out some things and they certainly distanced the table. At mm-hmm. one time, it was so close that you could barely walk between the rows and the aisles, but mm. they've made that a, a, a very different approach now everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere is a very different approach. It's very clean, very concerned about spacing and, and keeping with the CDC guidelines. I love that because I don't have to concern myself with being careful about where I go. I am in a designated area and they can see me, they can hear me, but they don't come near the stage or mm-hmm. anything unless I go into the house, Marcello. Mm-hmm. As you know, you can go into the house yes. after the show and, and do your own greeting. But yes. as far as working from a particular area, they are not allowed. So it, it's kind of a good thing all around right now. Yes. And Kravis does that too as well. When when you're there, they make certain that they've rearranged things. I know we've mentioned that in the oh, past. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're really Absolutely. great at that. They were very, very careful about that. And as a matter of fact, at the Wrinkle Hall, you could usually go out into the lobby and say hello and hang out. But they said, we really don't want you to do that. If you choose to, you can go into the breezeway, which uh, is just outside of the lobby. Yes. And you're in open air and people feel better about that. And again, it just reminds me that the, there are responsible people behaving intelligently so that life can have mm-hmm. some semblance of what would be normal for us. And it can mm-hmm. be done. It really can be done. You just have to do it responsibly. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. just rip off Absolutely. your mask, you know, like the White House yeah. balcony event or something. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist it. But, <laughs> you know, I, I always, as you know, enjoy talking to you. And it's always... It's sometimes we say things that I know, but today you've you've uh, you've t- said some things that I didn't know, and and I'm I'm still responding to that, and I just I just love when we talk. I just think it's it's such a valuable exchange. I know for for us, <laughs> but but I think I, I I think the people listening as well, and I think particularly today the show has been for me anyway. Everyone can have their own takeaway. But for me, it's that it is possible, and you are proving it, that performers can get out there. And because entertainment, the arts in general, are always the thing that keeps our spirits up. And it's been the most difficult thing when we weren't able to do that. And, of course, Broadway is still closed. And But that you are being able to do this and making people so happy and they're clamoring to see you and get some joy out of the life of the performing artists is i think that's my takeaway today what what do you want us what else shall we take away in your opinion well you know it it is it's encouraging it's encouraging as i think i said when we talked a bit earlier it feels that the sun is shining on us now we've been in cloudy weather for months for over a year almost now and the rain and the clouds and the rain and the clouds but now it feels that spring has sprung and so we've got some sunshine we even here in my area uh, i see the ducks are out now you know it's that kind of time of year when people are happy they smile they wave here in my area people are very friendly and sweet and i think that's what we want to be that's who we are ostensibly that's who we are don't you think and it's and it's you know what we want to do anymore and we've been under clouds many many clouds for a very long time and we're no longer under those particular clouds but we have to be aware that we no longer allow ourselves to go back into the darkness we just cannot allow it you know avery i'm not going to try to improve on that that i hear what you're saying and i hope everyone else does too that was beautiful that was beautiful before we go, any dates or I know we're still thinking about Lincoln and Parks and perhaps a, a third weekend if we want to throw out those dates again and, and where it is being performed. Yes, it's being performed at Palm Beach Institute for Entertainment Arts and we are hoping that we will have a third weekend of our shows which would be Friday, March 12th 
Saturday the 13th and Sunday the 14th of March. And please, if you will, go to the website for the Palm Beach Institute for Entertainment Arts. You will see a phone number there that you can reach out to Donna Carbone. She can give you all of the information about seating and about ticket prices and all of that sort of stuff. So I'm hoping that we will get the opportunity to have a third weekend of shows. That would be great. Excellent. Thank you so much, Avery. I, I so appreciate you and all that you do, and you bring joy to our hearts. Just talking about all that you're doing makes picks me up, that's for certain. And I'm having a good time, too. As you know, some things I can't tell everybody, but I've mentioned to you, uh, things are moving along and things are developing. I will say this. I am finishing the book of a musical that I'm writing. You know about Larry Dresner, the composer I've introduced you to. And we yeah. have had two nice nibbles from New York City and I've only submitted a couple of scenes and the breakdown of the characters and the response has been quite good with good follow-up and introduction so that's some happy news too and I hope to be able to tell you and others more when there's more to tell how's that oh my gosh that's exciting <laughs> it is that it is. is exciting yeah I'm so glad you brought that up thank you I can't wait God, well you'll be you'll be one of the first calls you know that all right. I better run. We've had a grand time, and I hope everyone listening has as well. And if you're anywhere near the state of Florida, you need to go see Avery Summers in action. And no doubt she'll be back in New York City before too long. Take care, Avery. All the best to you and, and all dear to you, okay? Thank you so very much, Marcello. It's always a joy, and so it is. And so it is. Bye now. Bye-bye. And now, my friend, Broadway's Avery Summers.
Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Electoral College, Insurrection, Impeachment 2, Inauguration, Too Much? Russian snowballs thrown at Putin's uniforms for freedom fighter, thousands arrested, versus America's five dead by citizen insurrection at U.S. Capitol, walking away. 1787 Compromise. Neither Congress nor uninformed mobs, but an electoral college elects our POTUS. When congressional staff snatches from the jaws of a tyrant's defeat, our 46 paper electoral college victory ballots, before a trumped mob guts our oldest branch of government, severing ties with peaceful transition, hoping, Here's Donny! Reflecting on trumped senators, Patrick Henry might revise. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me unity, or give us 400,000 deaths by presidential failure. Too many chokeholds on American accountability to allow $15 minimum wage to essential workers. Too much Rand Paul intellectual imbalance for too self-absorbed Senate to relinquish too repetitive abuse of power. Too much joshing around, brandishing high fist aloft, enabling too far gone on cruise to treason. Too many faux patriots allowed to just walk on bye-bye, after too many blocked National Guard from aiding and abetting too few Capitol Police. Too little checks and balances on too much costumed buffoonery, too few remembering only peaceful assembly need apply. Too many electing Biden failing to feel the fear of too many maskless invaders. Too many confusing pipe bombs with ballots. Too minuscule knowledge of presidential pardon power relegating too foolish with the devil made me do it. Too little enabling for balance of power. Too much desertion for sacred honor parchment written by too many old white males bestowing too few freedom-deserving generations with too minute congressional equality and justice. Too little desire for amendments defending huge minorities against too much malice aforethought. So then who will pay the price for high crimes in the wake of he who, thinking himself the second coming, gave rise again to secession, confirming too often and too long we have been too little united? What if unity is meant to be too high a road for too many to travel without first shining a light for the too herd-oriented who too willingly deny putting their own houses in order before attacking that chamber too often rented for too many services rendered? When will tight-fisted money-changers stop providing parlor-worshippers cover charges at the altar of a wall street of ill repute? Where are the proud boys and girls too wise to remain rooted in our historical self-imposed discontent? Why are Americans who believe in their divine right to be the right denying necessary stewardship of a raped planet Earth over-consuming to diminish all life upon it? How can we by example exude a recaptured civics oasis of genuine all-inclusive patriotism dedicated to a collective civic duty peacefully transforming supreme citizens united of economic elitists to a conglomerate of united citizenry ever-evolving in constitutional awareness lifting all to their higher ground of solid rock finally becoming a city of light knowing the glow from that fire can truly light the world. Yet in a mind set by a nation of people so mesmerized by personal devices, indoctrinated by the redundancy of scrolling talking heads, inundated by myths of past glories, indoctrinated with education half-truths, missing the half has never been told, hoodwinked by religious hypocrites who believe faith blesses only those genuflecting before the street's CEOs. Can any nation so conceived and so dedicated long endure? Maybe greatness comes from unity that nourishes individual exceptionalism. Perhaps our new normal can purge past mistakes by a present that refuses to repeat them for future generations. If an elbow bump reserves, a mask protects, and social distancing defends, what couldn't we do together to eradicate our history replete with whipping posts, emotional scars, mental health neglect, domestic rape, 
foreign pillage, and save love thy neighbor as thyself from white supremacist mob rule. Bullies don't pardon their pawns. They take their money for fraudulent conspiracies, then sacrifice them. Only a traitor could think that makes America great, and only those indoctrinated as some Europeans were in the 1930s would fight for it. It takes a village to enable the unethical to blow out America's soul. Because there are corporate-induced shortages created to profit off families and small businesses during COVID-19, always follow the money. The greater danger to America is not the herd mentality that pummeled us into facing existential issues we've ignored, but those we've elected to occupy our attacked Capitol building who have been siphoning off our exceptionalism for decades, sacrificing our country and their constituents to the demagogues of party politics. To be a United States of America requires internalizing and living one simple truth. The rising tide of women, gays, Native Americans, Latinx, African Americans, and immigrants also lifts all those European descendants who have forgotten who built their boats that keep them afloat. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.